How about now? All right. <laughs> Everybody hear me all right? Yes. Good. Hadn't had a chance to meet all you folks, so would you all raise your hand? Get up high. Shake it like this. Now none of you can go off and say I was stuck up and didn't shake hands with you because we all shook hands together. Pastor, I'm looking forward to having a ball. Amen. You know, we can have a good time uh, over in Atlanta, Georgia today watching the race. Think about that. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here because I don't go to the race. But we can have a good time doing it, but let's have a ball this week, amen? Let's just enjoy Jesus Christ, amen? Forget that I'm here because I'm just the donkey that'll bring the message. The message is right here, Jesus Christ, amen? Looking forward to this week. Love all of you. Glad to see Teen Challenge here. I have had the privilege of speaking. I've had the privilege of speaking in several of their camps and enjoy working with them. I already uh, went back and asked the leaders if they could bring them all back Thursday, uh, Wednesday night, and they said they would have to get permission. <laughs> now, I want every person that believes in prayer. Now, if you don't believe in prayer, don't you pray because it'll nullify those that believe. But I want every person in here that believes God answers prayers to pray that God will take away the leadership's appetite. Take away their sleep until they give them permission to be here. Now, you know, we laugh about those things, but let me tell you something. One unbeliever can nullify a whole church's prayer. I, I believe that most People in the church, I don't believe born again filled with the Spirit people uh, uh, don't believe. I, I believe they believe, amen? But there are folks in every church this morning that do not believe God answers prayers. And I'll prove it to you. How many of you have ever heard someone, the pastor, perhaps, call on someone in the church to pray. And they pray a beautiful prayer. And some of us have cold chills, Holy Ghost bumps, jumping leapfrog up and down our back. And then at the end of the prayer, they say something like this. And Lord, if I've committed any sins, forgive me. Now they're ready to pray. <laughs> How many of you know that the Bible says nothing that defileth shall enter the kingdom of God? 
And if you've got unconfessed sin in your life, it blocks the conduit to the throne room of God. And until you ask for forgiveness from God, your prayer is going to hit the ceiling, hit the floor. Now, I know from personal experience, as I, 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 unless the Lord leads me in a different direction, I'll share my life story. Uh, some of you probably forgot it because you wouldn't allow me to come back if you still remembered it. <laughs> I've had that happen, Pastor. Uh, but I'll share my life story. And my mother and dad were devout Christians. I grew up in a Christian home, and, and, and they prayed for me for 40 years. And the more they prayed, the worse I got. I went so far that my mom and dad's pastor told them when I was arrested on the first degree murder charge, got real quiet down at the assembly, didn't it? <laughs> But when I was arrested on first-degree murder charge, when it come out in the newspaper, their pastor come to their house, sat down at the breakfast table, and broke the news to my mother and father because they didn't get the paper. And he said this, perhaps Bill has just gone too far. There's no hope for. I don't know if that pastor knew Jesus because you can't go too far that he can't reach you. Let me tell you something, son. When God Almighty puts the hounds of heaven on your trail, you better find you a stump and sit down because they're going to get you sooner or later. Amen. That has nothing to do with what I'm preaching on. I'm actually preaching on the platform. <laughs> I've talked to Brother Roy. I've talked to other people. Uh, I think I talked to, to you, Brother Jerry, one time. I don't know. About this revival. Jonathan, I believe it is, isn't it? Yeah. I, I forget names like that. Faces, I don't forget. But I've talked to them. And every time I've talked to them, they have mentioned we're having prayer services for the revival. How many of you know that I'm going to use some of this uh, modern day terminology? at least one word. How many of you know that God gives us a menu, if you would, on how to have revival? Gives it to us right here in his word, Second Chronicles 7, 14, if you have your Bible, turn to it. It is the greatest passage of Scripture in the Bible for revival. I want you to listen to it. The Holy Spirit laid it on my heart on the way over here yesterday. And the devil tried to steal it from me. Yeah. Have y'all ever eaten any bad food? 
I leave it that way. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we should enjoy being in your house. You tell us laughter is like medicine to the soul. Oh, Lord, it's okay for us to enjoy being in your house. I get so tired of hearing or seeing downbeaten, sad Christians who never smile. Lord, it doesn't matter what the world has thrown at us. If we know you as our personal Savior and the Holy Ghost of God lives in our heart, we ought to smile when, when the devil attacks. Lord, I thank you for your word that it instructs us how to live a joyful, prosperous life. And it instructs us how to have revival. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Let me get my eyes out here so I can see. I was reading a passage of Scripture in a church one day, and I left my glasses at home, so I thought, well, I'll make it the Holy Ghost to let me see those words. I was preaching in Revelation and reading John 3.16. <laughs> I need my eyes. Amen. Listen to what God's Word says. If... My people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Never before in the history of America have we needed a healing in this land. We need a healing so bad because America has turned its back on God. And let me tell you this, many churches have turned their back on God. It's a social club. You know, they got their little click over here and 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 never the twain shall meet. I was reading an article the other day in a Southern Baptist paper. How many of you are Southern Baptists <laughs> that wish you were assembly? <laughs> no. If I, I was reading a, just an article that a Southern Baptist preacher, or not preacher, but a deacon wrote about the Southern Baptist church. Not kicking denominations. <laughs> I ain't in denominations. Because denominations will send you to hell. If you're worshiping a denomination, then you're going to hell. The center of your worship should not be the praise service. 
the center of all of our worship should be Jesus Christ. Now, the praise and worship service comes about and brings the Spirit, but the center of our worship ought to be Jesus Christ. But today, the Word of God still says the same thing. If. How many of you know that it would be nice if God had said, when, my people? Think about that. Because, see, the word if shows doubt. You say, well, God don't doubt. No, he don't. He, he already knows. And that's why he put if in there. He knows that his people have slacked up on praying for revival, on doing what is it? Listen, many people sitting in churches today believe that revival is for the lost. It's not. If my people, which are called by my name, he leaves no doubt as to who he's talking to here. None whatsoever. He's not talking to the lost. He's not talking to the drug addict. He's not talking to the prostitute. He's not talking to the alcoholic. He's not talking to the drug dealers. He is talking to his people. And if you don't know him as your personal Savior, you're as lost as a goose in a desert, and you need to get saved. Or as I've said for years, You'll go to hell and fry like bacon for eternity. If my people, which are called by my name, what's the first thing we need to do? Humble ourselves. You know, Americans aren't humble anymore. We are proud. Yeah. We are proud as to who we are. God doesn't think anything better about us than he does someone else in a third world nation that worships and serves him. He's no respecter of person. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Listen, folks, it takes a humble person to walk down an aisle and get on their knees at an old-fashioned altar and pray and ask God to forgive them of their trespasses and then pray for the lost. Takes a humble person. And we're not humble in our churches today. I do approximately 45 to 50 revivals a year. And very seldom do I see the altar full anymore. If you know someone that's lost, and we all do, probably got family members that's lost. We ought to be on our face every time we come to church praying for those folks. And then, here's the key. Go tell them. That's what my mom and dad did to me. They said, son, we quit praying for you. They went to a prayer seminar. <laughs> As a son, we quit praying for you. I said, good, it ain't done no good anyway. And then my mom looked at me and she said, yes, 
we've quit praying the way we've been praying. And we learned in this seminar, God already knows what we want, but he wants us to ask for it. Ask and you shall receive, not might. I said, what do you mean? Scared me. Because I knew my mom and daddy were devout Christians. It scared me. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, we've been praying all this, all these years, Lord, save our boy. Save our son. Build a protective wall around him. Don't let him get hurt. How many of you know that's making a deal with God? Don't let him get hurt, Lord. That's asking God to do something that he might not be willing to do. He might want you to get hurt. I've had five assassination attempts made on my life. None of them worked. So there's nothing wrong with praying build a protective hedge around him. But then don't put no butts in your prayers. Put it in God's hand. Let him handle it. She said, now we're praying, take away his appetite. Y'all was wondering where I got that from. Take, take, take away his appetite. Take away his sleep. Let his life be miserable until he turns to you. Now, let me tell you something, folks. God don't have a problem taking away your appetite. He don't have a problem taking away your sleep. Every time, if you go tell somebody that's the way you're praying for them, I guarantee you when they sit down at lunch today or supper tonight or breakfast tomorrow morning, they're going to remember, ooh, they're praying to take away my appetite. They won't be as hungry as they used to be. It works. And God gives us a clear directive right here in his word on how to have revival. Revival is for God's people. It starts in the hearts of God. And I know that many of you, I read this article I was about to tell you about. Maybe the Lord didn't want me to tell you till now. You know, we've had all these uh, news media talking about the Catholic Church with all their sexual abuse and everything. This article startled me because I preached in a lot of Baptist churches. I preached in a lot of, I was in a revival just last week in a church of God. Before that, in a congregational wholeness church. I go wherever God opens the door. Why? Because I do not preach man-made doctrine. I preach the doctrine of Jesus Christ. I believe that there are those in every evangelical Bible-believing, God-fearing church that there are those that are saved and on their way to heaven. But there are many in the churches that are not saved. You see, they're playing Christian. That, that article 
was a survey done in the Southern Baptist churches. Over 7,000 Baptist preachers were, at, now these included the pastor, the associate pastor, and the youth minister. Over 7,000 churches that were surveyed, there had been thousands of complaints of sexual abuse. Let me tell you something, folks. Until we get back to living a clean life, you can watch your pornography. You can look at your dirty magazines. You, you can dream about Marilyn Monroe. Thank God she's dead now so nobody can. I hope she's on her way to heaven, but I don't know. But you know what I'm getting at. We've got to humble ourselves enough that we get back to God. Amen? Amen? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and what? Pray. 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 Now, I have been told, and I believe it, that there's been people here in the sanctuary praying for this revival. How many of y'all come and prayed for it? Got a few. How many of y'all knew they were having prayer service? Be honest, God will get you for lying. <laughs> you see, we don't pray anymore. You know, we, we, well, Brother Bill, we don't have to pray. I can watch Dr. Flip Flop on the TV. <laughs> and he prays for me. I send him my prayer request. Or, 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 or say, I've got a whole bunch of friends on Facebook and they pray for me. They do my praying for me. Let me tell you something. You can get on Facebook, your space, my space, his space, outer space, any other kind of space you want, but unless you humble yourself and pray and seek God's face, you're not doing anything. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and what's the next one? Seek my face. How long has it been since you actually sought the face of God? If most of us was honest, we'd probably say, I don't remember the last time I sought the face of God. Oh, brother, say, I pray every day. I seek the face of God. No, you don't. You seek his hand. Your prayer goes something like this. Lord, my name is Jimmy. I want you to give me. <laughs> we make a grocery list out for God. We must seek his face. You say, well, Brother Say, the Bible says no one's seen the face of God. 
I've never seen the actual face of God. And I believe if most of us could see the face of God, we'd drop dead. His eyes will be like flames. His hair will be white as snow. Ooh. Now I'm getting there, Pastor. <laughs> Only thing is my hair's falling out. It, it, it's turning white, but it ain't made it yet. We must seek his face. Call on the name of the Lord. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and here's the one we all don't like. Turn from their wicked ways. That is the key to revival. Because you can humble yourself, you can crawl down the aisle, you can pray all you want, and you can seek God's face, but until you repent of your wicked ways, nothing is going to take place. Somebody asked me last week, said, Brother Say, do you still sin? My answer was, Yes. I still sin. He that says he is without sin makes him a liar. You know, when I, I, I drive most of the places because I read the Word of God and he said, Lo, I will be with you always. I don't like flying. <laughs> but when some idiot, I mean person... <laughs> pulls out in front of me and I have to jam on the brakes? Do you, do you really think when I shake my fist at them through the windshield, I'm saying, God bless you, my brother. <laughs> Let's get real, folks. I'm a realist. I live in a fleshly body and flesh cannot please God. Every now and then, I forget who I am. But let me tell you something. When I shake my fist at them through the windshield and I utter those precious words that's so dear to us when we're mad, the Holy Ghost of God slaps me upside the head and says, you dummy, you could have gotten killed. Had it not been for my protection, you could have been killed. We need to repent of our wicked ways. And you know what I hear in church, my brother say? Now, folks, I've got terrible knees. I mean, this one's been replaced five times. I had it replaced, got staph infection, and almost died twice from it. And it's been replaced five times. This one's been replaced once, but I was shot through it. And so my knees are bad. So if I do like that, I'm not drunk. <laughs> Unless it's the Holy Spirit, of course. But I've had people tell me, and I would imagine these preachers in here has had 
people tell them too. I, I'm sure Brother John and Brother Jerry's had them say it. Well, Pastor, I, I'm old. I have reached the ripe old age of plenty nine. <laughs> plenty nine. but I got bad knees. It hurts me to kneel. You ever asked yourself why the front rows in a church is always empty? It's so that you are using your medical excuse not to come to an altar. You can humble yourself, walk down that aisle, sit on the front row, and I just took your excuse away from you. See, why we don't have revival is because we have an excuse for everything. It's time we have revival. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, listen to what God would do. <laughs> then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You see, God moves after we move closer to the cross. Amen? Amen. I, I'm sure you're guilty. I'm guilty. We always pray, God, if you will, if, you, if you'll just take this car note away from me. And I've heard people, especially in our Pentecostal churches, they'll get up, oh, I want to praise God. I got a praise report. God just gave me a new Cadillac. They don't mention the $700 a month payment they got. God gives you something that's free. There's not a payment attached to it. But I've heard them. God just gave me a new car. I want to get up and say, you lying. Well, I don't. The Holy Spirit's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to offend anybody. Unless you're lost. <laughs> and he'll convict you then. Amen. Amen? If we're going to have revival, folks, this is exactly what we must do first. And then God, if we will repent, if we'll humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways, he either lied or he told the truth. And if he lied, then we may as well shut all the churches down, burn the Bibles, and go get us a case of bud and try to get wiser. <laughs> but he did not lie. Then will he hear from heaven. Now, folks, y'all play games if you want to. This is revival time. And we need revival in all of our churches. I know some of you may be offended by me saying I don't 
preach denominational doctrine. I believe in the Holy Ghost of God. I speak in tongues when he gives me the utterance. You know, I preach in Baptist churches when he opens the door. I preached in Methodist churches. I even preached in one of them snake handling churches. Twice. My first time and my last time. (laughs) If God wants me to pick up a rattlesnake, he'll give it to me. Amen. But folks, it's time we get serious. It's time we realize that God is only going to move when we move. Now, I know some of you are thinking, because as an evangelist, I can hear what you think. Y'all didn't know that, did you? (laughs) Some of you are sitting there right now thinking, well, I don't have to go to an altar. That's pride. That's pride. And pride always runs on parallel tracks with rebellion. Why don't we just humble ourselves? Come down the aisle. Fill this altar up. Fill these rows that's empty up. And let's see what God will do for revival. Because it first has to start in the house of God. If he can save me, he got no problem saving y'all. Why don't we have revival? You know, they got a song out called, Let's Have Revival. And they have one out, Send a Great Revival. You know, they always sing, and every church I've been in, always sing, Lord, send a great revival. And then they sing, Let's Have a Revival. Or vice versa. I'm not sure which, Pastor. But I always wondered, why did they sing, send a great revival, when God's already told us how to have a great revival? Folks, it's time. It's time. You want to see the lost saved, I am totally convinced when the saved get right, the lost get saved. Amen. Because they know how you live outside the church. And all a Christian has to do is lose it one time and say something they ought not say. Well, I'm as good as they are. I'll close with this. If the church doesn't get revived and turned back to God, we will be a third world country within 20 years. We used to be a godly country. I remember back in the 40s and the 50s when mom and dad took me to church. They were members of a Baptist church. But they shouted, man. They'd stand, raise their hands. Yeah, my mama 
and Aunt Murdish and Sister Cochran sit right there on the front row. How many of y'all remember back in the 40s and 50s, the men sat over here and the women sat over here? Kids sat in the back, passing oats and told jokes. <laughs> it's changed now. The young people sitting up front, the old folks sitting in the back, passing notes and telling jokes. <laughs> it's totally changed. But what would happen if all of us, young and old alike, repented of our wicked way? Say what Brother Sam, Brother Say, I, I, I just, I don't have any sins. I repented of all my sins. What about that sin of omission? When you had an opportunity to tell somebody about God and you pushed it aside. That's a sin. For a man to know good or know to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you right now, Lord, to move in this sanctuary. Lord, I pray that you'll move all over this country this morning. It's sad to say, We've got churches that's watered down the gospel till it's no more than a fairy tale. But Lord, I believe with all my heart this is a house that worships you. And I believe the folks inside this place, inside this sanctuary, are willing to do what you tell us to do. So, Lord, I'm asking you to allow the Holy Ghost of God to speak to every heart in this place. Let us have revival this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.